If you enjoyed the channel and our video content and would like to support us, you can do this in a couple of ways. You can sign up to our Patreon site which is a monthly subscription to one of our four tiers, each giving you something different from early access interviews up to exclusive unseen footage. There's also the option of a one-off donation via PayPal which allows you the option to donate an amount of your choice. Both options really help to keep this channel going and to continue putting out regular content for you good folk. So please take a look at aircurrentreview.tv forward slash donate and I thank you in advance. Thank you and enjoy. We're going to talk about uh, your next uh, endeavour, which was the Air 4 with Draken. How did this come about? Well, when I retired from the Marine Corps um, back in 2015, um, like I said, I, I retired on a Friday and started at United Airlines on a Monday. Um, I had a little bit of time off in between the time I was hired and the time I started flying for United. Um, and... I knew a few guys that were starting up Draken. You know, it was just getting started. They were getting their airplanes together. And Jared Isaacman was the one who kind of uh, funded this and started the company. He's moved on now, doing other ventures in life. But Snort was there, a guy by the name of Jive Kirby, a guy by the name of uh, Leonard Dick, Wizard. All very experienced guys. As you know, we talked about Snort before. But um, they, uh, they needed pilots for this upstart company. They were just trying to, it was basically a paper napkin company at the time. They had bought these airplanes. Right. They're like, let's make some money with these airplanes. We can do this. And uh, and I was just in the right place at the right time. I knew some people and and a buddy of mine, Jeff Scott, Magua was one of their first pilots. And uh, Snort reached out to me and said, hey, they knew I'd you know be the, I was the CEO of the Marine Adversary Squadron. That was the business they were gonna get into. They knew I had a lot of Pentagon time, so I knew some people to make things happen. They gave me a call and said, hey, would you be interested in, in coming and flying with us? And, you know, we talked it over and I was like, well, you know, it's not gonna be my full-time job, but I'll come like as a reservist would and fly a little bit, help you guys out. And so the rest is history. I went down to Lakeland, Florida and uh, trained up with Snort on an A4. And I'd never flown it. Like we mentioned before, I flew the T-45. Uh, and uh, went uh, the the British Hawk, and I flew, went and flew with Snort. I, I can't remember four or five sorties with him, and a two seater with him in the back seat, and, and then they just turn you loose, you know. And it was it was remarkable, you know. It was a very very fun airplane to fly, and I very luck I really lucked out getting into into Draken during that time. They brought in when I came in. There were about three or four other pilots that came in who I became good mates with, and who I kind of knew from the Marine Corps as well. There are other Marines, and uh, still keep in touch with those guys as well. You know, that's how we got started with Draken. So with Draken, how many jets did they have? And were they all like? There's a couple. It looks like a couple of single seaters. Uh, were there uh, two seaters as, uh, as well? Well, we only had. Uh, I can't, you know, you're asking me things that I don't really remember that much. And and I know that we had, we we only had one two-seater. We might have had two, and the rest were single-seat. And they were A4Ks from the New Zealand Air Force. Yeah. That's where they came from. The and then we also had, yep, and then we had A4Ns that they got from the Israelis that had come from Israel. And those were rocket ships. They had bigger engines in them. Yeah. And those things were like pure 
they, those things would go. They were a super pleasure to fly, but yet they didn't have a radar in them. Whereas the A4Ks had the original F-16 radar in them and a glass oh. cockpit with a HUD and everything. Okay. Very nice cockpit. Yeah, very nice cockpit. Easy to transition to. Um, and I want to say that we had about 13, 12 or 13 of them total, A4s. I'm, I, don't quote me on that, you know, and if anybody... I, I don't remember at the time because when I first came to Drock and there were only X amount that were actually flying, the rest they were still putting together and getting uh, certifications on and stuff like that. Because when they bought these, they created them from obviously New Zealand to get over to America and they were still piecing them together and getting yeah. people in. They had actually hired people from the uh, New Zealand Air Force who had previously worked on these airplanes to do stuff on them, you know, to help them get them up, up and ready to fly. Um and then later, Drakken expanded and bought L-159s, and they bought Mirage F-1s, and which they're still flying now. You know, and I think they've expanded and they moved over there to your your neck of the woods, over across the Atlantic, and are flying over there now. I know the 159s are. So. Yeah, the 159s. But I, yeah. I, only, I only flew the A-4. That's all I did. I was brought on originally. We were doing. Um, they were trying to just build any contract they could to kind of get their foot in the door because there were other competitors out there had been in game longer, a company called ATAC, um, who fly Hawker Hunters and uh, some other aircraft. They were out there. They had already established themselves with the Navy. And Jai Kirby, Snort, and Wizard all were uh, – Snort was a Navy guy, but Jai and Wizard were Air Force guys. And they were getting some ends with uh, out at the weapons school in Nellis and some aggressive stuff out in Nellis Air Force Base. And so originally, that's kind of what we did. We I would go out there a little bit. and We'd do some kind of – before they got big contracts, just kind of a proof of concept type stuff. And we would do a little red air for the Air Force and, and support them. Uh, their test and evaluation squadron would do stuff for them. Then once the airplane got certified to drop ordnance, because you can imagine it being a uh, civilian airplane getting certified to spit something off of it. Yeah. You know, you know, it's not like the military. It's, you know, highly scrutinized, right? Mm -hmm. So once that all got squared away, then I mainly did close air support for the Marines and Navy SEALs. That's mainly what the training I did. Right. So myself magua joey coletta muddy kerr smitty smith who used to be an f-14 demo guy uh in the f-14 nice. is on the demo pilots yeah we would mainly do casts. we go out to uh cherry point and support the marines out of camp lejeune who are going through what they call tacp school tactical air control party school to become ford air controllers and we would go out on range and and they would call in strikes from us, and uh, we would execute that. And and we had a good on-station time. We could stay airborne for two hours plus doing that. Oh, so wow. it, was, it was very efficient. It was a very good platform, and they're still doing it today. In fact, unfortunately, a bud of mine punched out of one about two weeks ago. I don't know if you read about that. There, I sure didn't point. know. On takeoff, I don't know the whole story, so I don't want to get into it. But he uh, punched out right on takeoff, and he's – He's got injured pretty bad, and he's mm -hmm. going to be – it's going to be a long recovery, but he's alive, and he's going to be mm -hmm. okay. So, you know, Carlos, you know, Godspeed to you, buddy. But uh, that was a couple of weeks ago. But uh, so they're still doing that. And then we would also um, do uh, support out of Yuma, supporting the Marines out at 29 Palms, California, doing the same thing, doing mm -hmm. close air support for them. Um, 
and then we would go up to Fallon from time to time. And the uh, special, the the seals have a school there where they do do stuff like that. We would support them. Oh, really? And that was all, that was always real interesting doing that. And now they've evolved. They put the A4s in a place called Kenston, North Carolina, which is about as a crow flies, you know, 30 miles north of Cherry Point. But they support, they've got, they have a contract supporting the F-15Es out of Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, mm. doing red air for them. And so I was doing some of that for a while before I left Drock. And I left Drock, and I, I think I last flight with them was probably a year and a half ago or so. And... Um, but we were doing a lot of that. So I would support the F-15Es, and I would support the, the Marines out of uh, Camp Lejeune. So it was interesting work. I mean, wow, absolutely amazing. But uh, just like out of interest, did you want to go to Draken because you like thought like, oh, the Air Force is a cool aircraft, or you thought it was like maybe an interesting assignment? You know, I'm a fighter pilot's in my blood, right? And so I was retiring from the Marines and going to the airlines. And I, I originally was flying 757, 767s with United. And it's kind of like when you're in school playing sport. You know, I don't know, in the UK, your last time to kick a soccer ball for your mm. team. You know, you give anything to go back and do it some more. And so it's a good opportunity for me to go back and fly a fighter jet again. It was, you know, it's what was in my blood. It's what made me happy. And it's what really made me feel comfortable, you know. And and I miss the guys, you know, the guys I were flying with the Draken were, you know, it was just fun to be part of the team, and, you know, have that kind of camaraderie. And, and then we would go to Cherry Point to do work. And, and it was different than the military, you know, we're on a military base, you know, military flight suits, but we're civilians. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a boss and a command structure, so to speak. <laughs> it's just three blokes and two A4s and a maintenance crew out there flying. Wow. And it was really great. Wow. It was really great. It was fun. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. I tell you what, though, other than flight school flying the Hawk, and I guess my original airplane, the T-34, during primary, which I was too stupid then to even be worried about being in a single-engine <laughs> airplane, I was, I, after a while, I started flying around in this airplane thinking, wow, I only have one engine right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to this. I'm not used to this. And this airplane, it's not like it's a, a young airplane. It's an old one, you know? And I'd be flying for uh, doing support for the uh, the uh, F-15Es out of Seymour Johnson. I'd be 100 miles offshore there off North Carolina holding, circling Ooh. around out there, wait for them to show up or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if, if my engine quit right now and I punched out of this, who's coming to get me out here? You know, I'd start, I'd, I'd start thinking about things like that, you know. And, yeah. And then I'm like, I'm getting old. You know, it's time to it's probably time to hang up my cleats. Right. And, and just move on with life. But anyway, I still had a lot of mates there flying and, and really enjoyed it. A4 was awesome to fly. Historical airplane. You know, I feel like I was flying a little bit of history, you know. Yeah, and also it's a good-looking aircraft. But, uh, yeah, maybe you can just, like, uh, give us a, a background in terms of, like, how the aircraft flew. Was it an easy aircraft to fly? Well, it was um, it was an easy aircraft to fly. You know, its approach speed's very stable because it was made to fly off the carrier, right? It had some really older technology, like the uh, leading-edge extensions were aerodynamically operated so at a certain speed they just fall out you know and then as you go faster they move up that was a little bit weird because every now and then one would lock out or or come out faster the other one it would make the airplane jump to one side or the other things like that when you're fighting the airplane because you want to get those slats out quick 
you know, to, to bend the airplane around. But uh, I thought it was very easy to fly, very stable. You know, it's very docile airplane. You know, it was surprisingly powerful, too. For a plane without afterburner, you know, if, uh, if you know, you could, if you went to mill power in it, you know, you could feel the thrust. It would get going pretty damn good, you know. And we always flew them with double drop tanks on them, though, so that induced a lot of drag because we wanted to get the maximum amount of time out of them, supporting the Marines, when we're, especially when we were dropping bombs for them and stuff like that. So I never flew. I think I might have flown one slick a couple of times, but uh, most of my flight time in them had two drop tanks. And obviously, as a fighter pilot, you have had afterburner all your life. Did you ever miss afterburner uh, uh, going on to the A4? Like, oh, God, give us a bit more power. You always miss afterburner. You know, no matter how much, no matter how much thrust you have, you always want a little more, right? Want a little more thrust, want a little more gas at all times, flying an airplane around. So, yeah, I'd always miss the afterburner. You didn't have that, especially fighting the airplane. You know, because once you start believing it's over for you, you have no nothing, nothing to add to your bag of tricks at that point except put your nose down and start going downhill, which isn't always the thing you want to do. So, yeah, always miss the afterburner. Of course, yeah. Uh, so, Nugs, how would you sum up your time on the A4 and being with Draken? I loved it. I, I, I'm proud to have been part of that legacy of Draken. You know, it, uh, the company, I saw the company when it was, we maybe had five pilots and now it's grown. To, I don't even yeah. know how many they have anymore. You know, I run into people in the airlines like oh you flew for drock and did you know so and so and i'm like i have no idea who that guy is you know because they've hired so many more pilots um they became very air force centric you know because of the, the and they had to because of the the uh the uh, contracts they were supporting and because most of the leadership was air force they used air force rules as far as flight rules and to me and the other gold wingers that I flew with, meaning Navy Marine Corps guys, it was just different. The way they joined up, the SOPs and the flight leadership stuff was different. So it took me a little while to learn that. And at my age, you know, I'm, you know what I mean? I've been doing something the same way for 20 some years and I had to switch to that. You know, it was taking what little brain power I have left. It was <laughs> taking up a lot of that, figuring that out. Um, so yeah it was it was awesome and they grew and it was really part to be part of that heritage and you know you can't really see behind me but i got a couple of drocken helmets behind me back here that i display you know that i i enjoyed my time with and stuff so yeah top notch really enjoyed it you know Great big stuff. fan of drocken so yeah you kind of mentioned your helmets there like did you nick them or do they were they given <laughs> do you think i'm gonna tell you on on public that i nicked them no, they were they were presented to me, you know. Presented to you. Perfect stuff. <laughs> no, no, they they gave me their equipment. They don't, I, you know. I guess that's part of being a civilian company. They don't, you know. I, I've got all the helmets. I've got all my marine helmets. I even got my RAF helmet. They gave me that when I left, and and it's just I I just moved here to Arkansas. You're talking to me from Fayetteville, Arkansas, right now. I've got a box boxes and boxes in my garage of stuff. I'm slowly pulling out and incorporating into my I love myself room and uh, <laughs> I haven't got to the RAF helmet but it's going to be one of my favorite ones so yeah well brilliant stuff but uh, I think I've maybe asked you this I can't remember in the original interview Nugs but how many flight hours do you have in military jets oh man um, 
I would say overall in military jets, approximately around 35, 3,600 hours in military jets. Wow. You know, but, but I mean, I flew my whole career other than my time in the Pentagon. And that's, yeah. it doesn't seem like a lot, right? I told my, you know, here's one for you. My wife, who hasn't been flying as long as me because she's a little bit younger, but she has probably five times the flight hours than I did, mm. you know, because she spent her whole life in the airlines and doing stuff like that, right? Whereas my sorties were a 0.8, you know, a long sortie in the F5 would be a 1.1, you know, F18, unless I was deployed off the carrier, we wouldn't go tank usually, so I'd fly at 1.5. Yeah, you know, max sortie up line. You know, the F3, same thing, 1.8, things like that. And they just they just don't add up as quick as going out and flying all day long and flying, you know, nine, ten hours every day kind of deal. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's about it. You know, it's funny. I, I've got more hours now with United Airlines on the flying the 777 and the 767 than my military time. You know, it just yeah, adds yeah. up really, really quick. So, anyway. And one last question to wrap up here, Nugs. Uh, on the runway, you've got an F3, a Hornet, uh, an F5, and an A4. Which one are you taking up for a 30-minute jaunt? Today, if I could fly it today, it'd probably be the F3, only because they don't make them anymore, you know? <laughs> F18s and stuff are still around. But, yeah, I would love to, to fly that F3 again. I remember my very last flight. Um, I'll have to send you the picture. I flew... Uh, I believe with uh, John Shield, Shieldsy, and uh, we did a low level through the Lake District and popped out and stuff. And and I remember being, feeling real nostalgic, like, man, I'll never nice. fly this airplane again, you know? Because when I flew the F eighteen, I always said, well, I'll be I'll be back to it. Yeah, you'll know? be back. Every time yeah, I left yeah. the squad, I'll be back. I'll be back. And with the F three, I was like, never, you know, never. And then when I went to the Sundown at Trouble One or the F three. They're in Lucas, you know, it was real sad to see as well. You know, that's the last time I saw Roy McIntyre, actually. Good stuff. Well, that's one for the F3, guys. All you haters out there, so I'm happy about that. But uh, Yeah, what's Nugs. up with the haters, you know? <laughs> I know, there's haters that. everywhere. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Nugs, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been an, obviously a pleasure to uh, chat to you again. And, yeah, wishing you all the luck in the future. Well, thank you, Mike, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me because this is more enjoying for me than it is probably for you. And I appreciate your viewers out there, and and I, I enjoy reading the comments that people put on there and stuff like that. And, and thank you for having me. Yeah, so keep the comments coming in on this video, but uh, yeah, cheers again, Nugs. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Mm -hmm.